Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of a podcast directed by. So we've had a small hiatus. Um, so I've been moving and uh, figuring out a new house and Mike has been working 19 hours a day. So it took a, it took a little time. The economy. <laughs> Somehow. Who knows what's essential not, nowadays? Not really. <laughs> if I explained it, it wouldn't seem essential, but. Uh, doesn't, doesn't sound like there it. There I am. <laughs> yes. That's. And it's where I swear it's not it's not because Mike was like, oh, God, there's too much Michael Bay. Transformers did me in. I need a break. It's not like that was your uh, your your Twitter feedback when you initially announced Michael Bay. You got all the hate out early. Uh, I will admit, though, with this being the last episode that uh, this particular time period we're in, I'm not really in the mood anymore michael bay i don't, I don't need his nonsense right. um, <laughs> uh, some people could go a different direction you could say it uh you know just give me all the junk food right. that you want uh but i think i got sick off of it off the- <laughs> <laughs> too much junk food well it's interesting that you bring that up because i will maintain that the movie we are covering today which is kind of we chose to end this month this way because this month this three months whatever it is because this is this is both of our kind of personal preference for michael bay movies and to me this is maybe the least junk food of his movies although it's couched in all the junk food you can imagine like if you were to tell me that this movie mattered or meant something before i saw it i would have laughed but yet pain again to me it's the one of his movies that sticks with me and probably the one of his that maybe I've rewatched the most. Like I strangely get in the mood to watch pain and gain very often. I think that says something about you more than the the film itself. (laughs) That's possible. What does that say about me? Mike, please enlighten me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know. Maybe you, uh, Maybe you've decided to take up uh, bodybuilding, but you keep every time you have that thought, you just think I'll just watch Pain and Gain instead. <laughs> it's probably it's honestly like a better choice for me. <laughs> um, move to Florida. It can't be that, Ooh, uh, no. especially in this in this timeline. Uh, no, sir. Um, I, I I don't really know uh, because it is like the rest of Michael Bay's movie. It is excess. I mean, on screen, it is <laughs> big. I guess in this case, big like male bodies usually in a state of undress mm-hmm. um not sexualized strange actually they're any sort of sexual content is a joke lobbed against our bodybuilders really um it's because most of them look like stay puff marshmallow man like they get yeah. so so big that like i remember when i first saw the trailer for this i was convinced this was all cgi like this this cannot be real and yet here we are Fast cars, um, attractive women, uh, lies, deceit, uh, murder, mayhem. Um, it, it's all there. It's just grafted onto uh, uh, a true crime story that actually I don't know if 
I don't know how many true crime podcasts would take on this story. I think they would feel it's too stupid. (laughs) (laughs) The, you know, the, the criminals here uh, are too dumb to hold any sort of like reverence uh, to see uh, you're calling them like the, the the puffed up, like marshmallow man uh, version of Marky Mark, uh, Anthony Mackie. And I guess we can't say that about the rock. It's just, he's he's bigger now. Yeah. He's even bigger now. But, this is him trim. <laughs> I can't see like uh, I've been watching the uh, the adaptation of uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the the book that came out a couple of years ago about the uh, well your, oh, your previous yeah. neck of the woods, you know the Golden State Killer. That's right. I cannot imagine a crime like docu series uh, on these idiots who decided that the easiest way to get. A rich dude's mansion, his cars, was just to kidnap him, beat him up, and force him to sign. And that there would be anyone that would ever ever allow this to transpire. Like, well, it's his his signature with uh, you know, some some blood on it, and this, <laughs> he must have given you his entire property. But in this strange way, these characters achieve, I guess, their version of the American dream, which is just acquiring a lot of shit, just mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the the true crime aspect because. Both of us, I think, have a pretty similar reaction to a lot of true crime stories. We've talked about this previously, I don't know, on this podcast, but just in general. I think we talked about it actually on the Ida Lupino month, uh, where you do feel yeah. like a little bit like you're trafficking in other people's pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I find myself wondering why I don't feel that way so much when I watch this movie. And I think you maybe hit it on the head with how stupid it is and how over the top it is that it's, it feels so much less real than any other kind of true crime story that I've ever heard. So much so that they have to keep reminding you. (laughs) Remember, this is still a true story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I'll admit that I had a little bit of that though. I had a, this mm-hmm. on this watch. Cause I, I remember howling in the theater with my buddies because I thought it would be pretty stupid. Uh, I didn't know that I would enjoy it. Uh, cause the trailer with, right. uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg, you know, I'm hot, I'm big. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, j- just I, like, I saw it as his attempt to do like, like raising Arizona or something. Like mm. let's put idiot characters, uh, committing idiotic crimes. And, I guess the biggest farce of it all is that they, they almost get away with it like, <laughs> through no God bless uh, America, baby. <laughs> through no natural skill set, I guess, of being like a, a, a mastermind in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time. Yeah, I, I took, I guess I had a little more issue with it now. I mean, the film goes out of its way to make, uh, is that monk here is the, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the victim. Yeah. Uh, Tony Shalhoub. I mean, it's playing someone that is, not likable in the slightest. And the film is pretty honest up front when uh, the, I guess the retired cop Ed Harris gets involved in like a, uh, a sort of a, a private capacity professionally. Uh, it's just like, you know, this guy, just no one likes him. That's why no one like mm-hmm. will listen to him. That's well, no one cares what happened. That's like, he disappeared. Now he's like off the grid and he's fearing for his life. And when people hear this, like even when he's crying out in fear, he can't help but insult the people that he's crying out to be it a cop, be it someone that works at the hotel. So it makes you feel a little bit better, (laughs) but I think this time around, and maybe it's just the time period I'm watching. Mm. uh, I didn't revel with as much enthusiasm with, you know, the the rock asking repeatedly to get the code 
after they've, you know, <laughs> they've cut up body parts or they're grilling them, uh, all of that. Like some of those gags really hit hard the first time I watched it. And I think it was this sort of like shock and awe factor that Michael Bay can really achieve. You, you give him a lot of money and he kind of overwhelms your senses with what you're seeing on screen. So I'm interested, like you're talking about the rewatchability of it. I've not actually rewatched mm. this one that much. Uh, pretty much every time I've rewatched it, I think it's been for a podcast. I did it on one of my old shows. Mm-hmm. We did it on your old show. And here we are again. So that's <laughs> at least four times. But, uh, you know, what is it that achieves this strange comfort food for you? <laughs> I think um, in terms of Michael Bay movies especially, I think it is – funnier than anything he's ever done and also more gruesome than anything that has ever done yeah, you're, you're yeah. right he does like overwhelm you with a big budget but this is he does it very differently here this is not there are very few like there's no big explosions there's I mean, no this you know is indie. it's a 26 it million is. dollar movie no <laughs> this is independent filmmaking and it's also like and again couch all of this in for michael bay <laughs> it's also mm-hmm. independent in the in the kind of in the material he's using he is i think he is honestly trying to say something about like the american dream and how far people will go and uh because of this like i i honestly think this this movie failing because this movie did not do well at the box office uh or critically no i mean it was kind of like i think the people who love it really love it like yeah. really see something in it, but there's a lot of people who are violently opposed to it. So because of the failure of this is why we continued to get, you know, kind of the old Michael Bay, like, fine, you don't like it when I have something to say, I'll say nothing and I'll say it loud. Fine. And those movies tend to do well. And that's kind of unfortunate uh, because I think he gets something specifically, I mean, actually out of all three of the leads here, uh, Anthony Mackie, Mark Wahlberg and, uh, and the rock, like you take out, Boogie Nights, and this is probably the best any of these three have ever been in a movie. Like, this is the best performance. This is the funniest. This every, every comedic moment really works. And I actually, there, <laughs> there's a particular scene that I'm sure is one of your favorites because we've talked about it before with, you know, Marky Mark talking trash to these kids while playing basketball, oh, that, which is, that always hits home. it I might be the best moment of Mark Wahlberg's career. You jumbles, you little pussy. Mama! Oh, tell your mama. Sucker! Oh! What the hell are you doing on the ground? Well, it's supposed to hurt. That pain's what's gonna save your life. Your cells remember where it hurts, and that's where they get strong. It's called pain and gain, Rusty. Don't be a little bitch. You gonna man up? You better, because right now your sister's stronger than you. Give me your hand. Get up. What are you looking at, you little tubby broad? Don't eyeball me, boy. I see your mother driving up and down the street looking at me. I'll be your stepfather by the weekend. Because... He goes all out in it. Like, it would have been easy to go halfway in this scene, but I can imagine Michael Bay kind of not allowing that, because I think he's kind of in love with this scene, too. But I just love how far it goes. Like, just because this guy is a complete dirtbag from the very beginning. You know that from scene one to scene 100, or however many scenes are in this movie. So you kind of have to go all out. And there's so many moments like this where you're like, I can't believe they did that, or I can't believe they they said that. Um, especially for a director who has made his mark on, let's say, not particularly deep filmmaking. Um, like, he's just gonna, like, really go for it here. And I really appreciated it. And it actually, even though on the surface, it's a very, it's a movie about shallowness. It's about stuff. It's about things. It may be his least shallow movie 
when you kind of dive deep into it, especially when you compare it to things like, you know, Transformers. I mean, I guess maybe Pearl Harbor has something relatively honorable on its mind, even though it doesn't do it very well. I but, mean, it's the, the event itself. Right. <laughs> it's not really what they're bringing. Exactly. To the yeah. Table. Yeah. Um, except, you know, hey, Titanic made a lot of money. Let's let's do that. Is there another historical event we can uh, can we can grab? I sure. mean, Pearl Harbor okay. might be funnier than this movie, but it wasn't trying to be. That's, I think, the That's big mean. difference There's here. Dave being mean yet again. Hey, I got to sit through three hours of Pearl Harbor. I'm going to get my shots in. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I, I mean, you're talking about that this is like Michael Bay, like, going forward, uh, pouting. <laughs> and his version of pouting is making millions and millions of dollars uh, doing movies about toys. Uh, that Who are among fighting. us has it, Mike? Yeah, is... that, that's everyone's go-to, <laughs> right? That's a reasonable response to that. Uh, I, it, it, you know, his career, like we talked, we started this month with uh, whatever it was years ago, Six Underground, <laughs> and so like I don't think he's grown as a filmmaker, uh, but it does seem like his there's an awareness that his audience has maybe moved on or moved away. Like, right. cause I would say going forward, I would think it'd be very difficult for Michael Bay to be considered like uh mainstream tentpole cinema going forward. Even something like six underground, uh, like we were <laughs> lamenting, like, you know, was it a hit? How would you even know on Netflix? <laughs> well, does it even a matter? billion people watch nine seconds of that movie? Right. Michael? <laughs> uh, but you know, you look at the, the title, the premise, the cast, and you're like, yeah, this would probably come out in March. And it would probably tank now. Like it's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's clear that he's not, he, he's not going to get back to those Transformers days. So it's actually like maybe that contributed to why I wasn't as enthused about watching Pain Game this time. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, you you took your ball and you went home, but uh, you probably should have just stuck with this. Like you should probably should have stuck with yep. trying to find these, you know, twenty five million dollar budget. Uh, it still looks great. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it, to me, there's no discernible difference between this and Transformers. Nope. Um, but I, I think that that sort of hyper aggressive sarcasm that maybe Bay could bring, like, he, I think he's being incredibly sarcastic with these characters. Like, oh, yeah. it usually would bother me if a filmmaker uh, didn't have, like, the least bit of respect or warmth for the characters he's presenting to us on screen. And I realize sometimes. You know, uh, going back to like true crime stuff, like you could get in dangerous territory if you're following a serial killer and you're like, well, you know, the but there's always two sides to these things. <laughs> that, type, that type of stuff could really uh, be offensive. But I, I think it fits if you're picking on stupid people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Coen brothers, uh, obviously very different filmmakers from <laughs> slightly <and> Michael Bay. <laughs> but when I mentioned Ray they'll Ray never Arizona, see the light of day on this show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just was uh, talking last night. This is uh, uh, off the, you know, off Michael Bay, which thankfully I so. But apparently uh, the Coen brothers, like at least for the project that was being filmed back in March and then had to be shut down because of COVID-19. Hmm. It's only one of them. It's not a Coen brothers joint anymore. Oh, is there a breakup in the family? I, I can't <laughs> imagine. Like, <laughs> or one of them's like not interested in that story. Like, you tell that one, one on your own. One of them have like a inside Lewin Davis sequel and the other one yeah. said, no, that's stupid. And that was, that was it. That one was of them was the like, I'll do Buster Scruggs, but this, this <laughs> is the line in the sand. But I, I think that, you know, we make fun of the Transformers movies for being stupid. Uh, 
probably like uh, another retreat uh, was you mentioned Pearl Harbor, but you know, he did 13 hours, which we're not talking about at all. I think you watched it. Uh, you dumb bastard. Like yet again, well, um, a little behind the scenes here, there were plans <laughs> for different episodes until Mike <laughs> threw his diva fit. So <laughs> you say diva, I think it's just protecting the audience <laughs> from trash. Like you care about the audience. You I... have no interest. <laughs> I only care when they're on my side. Ah, uh, if it, it suits yes. my needs, then yes. Um, but, I mean, like, I, I look at this and Six Underground, although I guess there were some fans for it. Um, to me, it's just very depressing. Like, why, if you're going to be, if you're going to Netflix, if you're going, we're all filmmakers who want uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to make this garbage where they go to die. That's the retirement community for people who still want a $100 million budget. I don't know. Why, why not make something more interesting? Like, why, why mm-hmm. not make put pain and gain like material on Netflix? Uh, and I'm grateful that I didn't watch 13 hours again. Uh, but, you know, it's people like you that are that are, are, <laughs> are keeping the bad habits of Bay. You're keeping him from growing, Dave, by, by consuming all this content. I love how you assume that I paid any money for that. But that's that's, that's oh, the forgot. point. That's uh, yeah, right. You, you moved to Kentucky where there's just, you know... <laughs> No so rules. Many, so many box trucks of uh, sealed copies of 13 hours just falling off trucks. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Cartons of cigarettes. Like, yeah, I, I get you, Dave. I know how you roll. That's it. Um, so earlier you were talking about, you know, you know, movies like 13 hours and when they would come out. I was wondering if you what your thoughts were on because there used to be a time when Michael Bay was, you know, ultra successful and making the biggest movie every two or three years, that was a time when tentpole movies were actually a thing where you would have every studio would have one or two movies every year that they're like, this is where we're making our money. And then we're going to fund all these kind of mid-level films. And now, at least when theaters were open a few months ago, we were in a, you know, a movie world where like there's, you know, 15 tentpole movies a year and if you make less than a billion dollars it's a failure do you think that has impacted you know him being able to tell the stories he wants to tell or him you know going to somewhere like netflix who is just going to throw hundreds of millions of dollars at at directors i mean so we can go back over his filmography i don't think that this is uh you know it's not Scorsese here, who's like, I always want to do the story of Jesus. I don't know. Not quite. (laughs) I kind of would like to see Michael Bay's version of the life of Christ. I Uh, would watch that right now. (laughs) I would at least give it two minutes on Netflix so that they would get the view. That's a watch. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you start with Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, uh, Bad Boys 2. Like, you know, his first five films, he's not really stretching himself. Like Pearl Harbor, I guess, would be the one, but it's still... Yeah, it was still a huge summer. Like that was supposed to be the movie of 2001, uh, just with some Titanic-like influences. And I would argue that that's not stretching himself either, because I don't know if you actually sat down and watched that movie, but about an hour of that movie, like a third of the movie, is the bomb, the bombing sequence. So it's still like, even though it's surrounded by a terrible love story, big surprise, Michael Bay can't can't do a love story. That's not a big shock. But you know, the majority of the movie is one gigantic action sequence, which is incredible to watch, but it's still a Michael Bay movie. Like you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I can see, I can see your fingerprints all over this. You look at his filmography and other than bad boys, when we, we discussed that, 
that you know Will Smith was the the second name after Martin Lawrence at least at mm-hmm. that time. Um, he he doesn't tend to take a lot of chances. Uh, you know the, the the concept is something that's easy to pitch. Like we've got to uh, take over Alcatraz from from terrorists. We've got to blow up this huge asteroid, and Bruce Willis is the one that's going to do it. Um, Bad Boys Two, a sequel. The Island is probably one that mm. was where not all of the pieces were in place to make this a surefire hit because it was his attempt at. Um, I, I don't think J.J. Abrams and the sort of mystery box thing was like in the pop culture lexicon back in 2005, but it has that sort of J.J. Abrams high concept. We can't really tell you mm. what the island is. So when your trailer is, we can't really tell you what's going on here. And it's Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson who are not – it's not Sean Connery. So you know, I, I feel like whenever he has not had the perfect pieces in place – uh, that's when there's been, you know, it's been backfire and usually backpedaling by mm-hmm. him to, to safer ground, uh, to what you're saying, which it wouldn't be this podcast, uh, without sort of resolving with very, very dark and despair, uh, sort of antics from the host. You're basically saying there's nowhere for him to retreat <laughs> to that. There is no temp pole territory for him to like go back to because once transformers died and maybe that's the other lesson is, he pumped out five Transformers movies, like from 2007, 2017, basically a decade of his career is committed to selling toys for Hasbro. I think Mm -hmm. maybe that's it. Maybe, I mean, maybe that is just playing it so safe that you then don't really have anything. The audiences can identify with Mm -hmm. you other than dancing robots. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he goes. And it's unfortunate because I think that the two times he took any kind of risk in the films he made, are probably are two of his biggest failures. Um, the island is big idea sci-fi, which I could have told him back then, like, maybe this isn't your lane, buddy. Like, you need to take different risks. I don't really think of you when I think of high-level science fiction. A decade before he even got into podcasting uh, would be the one telling Michael Bay no. I, I love the... <laughs> And then the ego of the host <laughs> on this podcast. You idiot. What are you thinking? <laughs> and then you have Pain and Gain, which I love and have rewatched many, many times, but also is taking a risk in in weird ways. Like, of course, it's more closely tied to some of his successes and stylistic choices. But if you look at, you know, you talked about the idea of not wanting to get too close to evil characters, right? And not showing too much warmth because people are going to be like, what is wrong with you? These guys right. are, are torturers and murderers. Like you can't like these guys. So I think he, he makes some correct decisions here in that from the very beginning, these guys are painted as complete idiots. Uh, and I wouldn't even say like, they're not even like lovable idiots. They're, they're just terrible people who do terrible things, but they're dumb. So I mean, we feel comfortable making fun of them. The closest you get to them being kind is only through their desperation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's it. That's it's, it's not pure kindness for their fellow man. It's like, Oh, you're another lost soul who has nothing. Maybe if we combine our powers, <laughs> we can do a lot of damage to this guy that, that has everything we want. Uh, you know, the, the sequence where Mark Wahlberg goes to like a motivational speaker type thing, <laughs> and he's got his little fanny pack on, like you can feel for someone who feels totally disconnected from like, you know, the world sure. and like, what step can I, I move forward with? But I, I, that's where I go back to that. It's an incredibly sarcastic movie. When you look like Mark Wahlberg looks here, 
they're like, well, aren't you like doing well in the area that you kind of set out to, right. to go into? It's how you believe it, in fitness. You're doing quite how, well with that. <laughs> how is it the world's fault that, you know, you don't get paid like some sort of shady, you know, uh, I don't know, sub sandwich franchise <laughs> owner. Like, I, you know, like you, it, that that's where I guess maybe it's overthinking it, but it's like, maybe if you just stay the course buddy, like it seems like you're, you're incredibly dedicated to your own body and you're dedicated to this one little small, like crumb of the pie, which is that <laughs> one gym that they do establish that at least in the movie world, once he comes in, he like overhauls it to make it like a, a success, a success yeah. in Michael Bay's eyes where there's a lot of, uh, female flesh on, yes. on display. Lots of strippers around, so that's good. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I think that's, you know, that's the problem. And I'll, I'll just go back to Raising Arizona again because I was thinking about those people kidnap a child, like a baby. Like, I mean, they're actually doing something worse. They're not causing physical harm, but they are taking, like, an innocent away from the parents who have done nothing but have too many children for Nicolas Cage's liking. And <laughs> I guess it's just like, you know, Holly Hunter, her just weeping, her grief at not being able to have a baby of her own. You you give them more leeway. And it's just, I don't know, we're, we're two movie podcasters. We're movie dorks. And probably people who went to see Pain and Gain were movie dorks. They're never going to fucking side with these guys that look like Greek gods. Like, right. you're always like, no matter what sort of financial problems they're having or Anthony Mackey's having problems maintaining an erection, like, you're still just kind of pointing and laughing at them the yeah. whole time. I don't know. I, I mean, it, I totally agree with you. Like when I look and see that it had like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Because I think you either all in or you're all out with this. And I mm-hmm. think yeah, uh, a great service Michael Bay does with all of his films is the first 15 minutes you're going to know <laughs> you should you should abandon ship or not. Um, but I uh, I think this is one that – <laughs> if Mark Wahlberg ever says or does something despicable, uh, which he, he has previously in his younger years, uh, maybe that would be the the correct time to to check out Pain and Gain again. Because you, when you yeah. want to see your lead character uh, just be just you know, put through the ringer for two hours yeah, and put himself through the ringer <laughs> yep. uh, unnecessarily, uh, maybe that would be the time to do so. Uh, I don't know. I I'm glad that this movie exists, but I don't I don't know what the marketing plan ever really would have been to make this some sort of big hit. I, no way. I just don't think it exists. You know, sometimes we talk about these movies where it's like, Oh, it just came out the wrong decade. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is a movie that I didn't even see in the theater. Like I'd heard it was so terrible. And I think mm-hmm. actually, I think actually my obsession with this movie is your fault. I think you're one of the people that were like, okay. Hey, you should watch this. You should check well, this out. And I we were doing pop culture case study. I really wanted it on there. Cause I thought what a, bunch of stupid characters to have like dave try to analyze <laughs> under that that conceit uh it just shows like if you'd moved to kentucky earlier or hang out with the correct bunch of people me and my friends saw yeah mark Wahlberg say i'm hot i'm fit and we're like we're gonna see that opening night <laughs> like i want to see what that dude's up to I, but it was an empty theater i assure you <laughs> yeah i believe it and i don't know this is probably just me i'm gonna assume this is just me but to me this is Got to be top two or three, like, most quotable Michael Bay movies. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, know, I, as you were talking about Anthony Mackie, uh, I, you could probably see me smirking because all I could think about was his, you know, his taco monologue. And I do, too. Then fucking act like it, man. Come on. 
That's why when these roids kick into this chocolate mass, baby, I'm gonna be unstoppable. I ain't making no more tacos. I ain't cleaning up after nobody tacos. I'm putting my beef in their tacos, baby. Everybody gonna eat some of this. <laughs> like maybe one of his first scenes and i just like i can't help smiling when i think of this movie and it's interesting because usually you'll have that reaction about a movie when it's characters you care about and you kind of you know you like uh and in mm-hmm. this case it's the opposite like i totally enjoy like being around these characters on a movie screen and yet probably enjoy more watching their complete and utter downfall like which is a very strange place to be in and i think that's that's one of the reasons why the kind of true crime aspect doesn't get me as much because I get to kind of, instead of reveling in the pain of the victims, I find myself much more reveling in the unraveling of these idiots and their death. Sure. I mean, in that way, it's like a slasher movie right? where you're following the slashers kind of <laughs> box themselves in <laughs> to, to a corner like that. I mean... And and some I think probably the the rock you know Dwayne Johnson's character if there is one that comes across as likable he's the one because he's you know with his spiritual background he has some doubt uh, as far as like what they're what they're gonna do but it is strange to see such you know you have a group of large men and the largest one is the one shouted down the most like just you know just shut up and like be be a good soldier here and do your job uh, but you know he might be the only one that I feel a little bit of sympathy for. Uh, for the you know he's got a, he's conflicted as El Dad, yeah, yes. he does this fraternal <laughs> role with Monk. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, I think we're gonna wrap this up because honestly, it'll just devolve into me quoting Pain and Gain, and I'm not gonna do that. You, know, you should just. That's every movie podcast. You know, it's true. Chris Farley show. Remember when? Remember Isn't that, that awesome? That was awesome. Yeah, just like Paul McCartney. That's uh, Paul McCartney and Pain and Gain, basically the same thing. Sure. Uh, so. Mike, this will be the last time you have to do this. Yes. Where we talk about our best, the favorite, yes. and the masterpiece. I, I, and I, I leaned and, into it, and it was an abject <laughs> failure. And I'll have you explain the changes in the show since you, again, are being a diva and just, like, can't sit still. Usually it's me who's, like, constantly changing the show. But now I'm just like, man, whatever you want to do, I don't give a shit. It's fine. Well, um <laughs> It probably won't surprise you that I remain somewhat undecided uh, as well. But my my biggest thing is the uh, see I don't edit these. Uh, if I if I was editing these, you probably would get even more changes because then I would have to sit with it longer. <laughs> yeah, listening back to it. <laughs> but as someone that you know uh, has the conversations, hangs up, thinks, well, that was dumb. Uh, then listens back. It's like, okay, it wasn't as dumb as I thought. Uh, Highest of praise from Mike Denniston right there. And then uh, a few days later, check out the episode again. I'm like, no, this actually was dumb. (laughs) Why'd we say that? You're the only person who listens twice. (laughs) I think, you know, there's a, there is a distinction with me and I'm, I'm sure some other people share it, but like in the, I guess you would call it just the film Twitter community. uh, Cause there's a lot of them that have podcasts or start podcasts. Um, I, I tend to lean more towards the podcast side as being like a podcast fan. And like the movie talk is the, the conduit for that, for, right. for creating this. So for me, I'm always very concerned about the, the finished, uh, product. There's not much I can do about my co host. I apologize, uh, to the listeners. That's I'm sure the first, second and third question they're going to have is like, well, that's the easiest fix. Get rid of Dave. <laughs> can't really do that now then you'd have to uh, edit it and pay for podcast that hosting is a, that is and a no-go right? <laughs> <laughs> right there so uh 
Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, my, my fear has just been, uh, which I enjoyed this conversation, but there's still obviously going to be some, some repeat of thoughts. Like when you cover one filmmaker, uh, repeat on the themes that they explore, sure. uh, or us just sort of doubling back to, to connect the dots going all the way back to bad boys. I'll tell you, it helps when you take a couple months off though. Cause <laughs> like, then what did like, we talk about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's why um just trying to 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 uh, get rid of that and uh I my pitch to you was to start and end each month with the the expert uh which I actually thought I was doing you a service of saying like hey just chop that up to two episodes <laughs> you, then you fixed your your lack of content. I don't know if Dave sees it that way uh and it's probably asking more of the experts but um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to do that. We're gonna try to have the proper, I guess, introduction and the summary, uh, and the more broad conversation. And then at least you and I will just dial down into the specific films to make them more uh, palatable to people who don't want to take the journey of all. And I do stress all of the fucking movies Dave wants to talk about in a month's time. Jesus. <laughs> And now, you know, one filmmaker is going to be spread out over a longer period of time. Like it'll be, it'll be a little bit, a little bit easier that way for Mike because he's lazy and only has like man. nine podcasts and a full-time job and a half, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know what, man? Uh, you know, anyone, if there is anyone that likes my stuff and you've noticed like, wow, Mike used to talk about three movies. Now it's one. Uh, this That's used to why. be a double feature. Uh, now that even, they don't even talk about any of the features anymore. It's like there's a movie title, but they're talking about, uh, you know, their marital problems or <laughs> things of that nature. That's why, because I'd like to spread out my content and watch less. Yes. Uh, that's that's basically it. So that being said, uh, you know, from now on, this will be a show about first time filmmakers and we'll just do the best, <laughs> worst and masterpiece <laughs> every week. All right. So to close out Michael Bay, um, let's just make this quick. What is right in a row? Favorite best masterpiece for Michael Bay. Look, I mean, honestly, I, I only really like have repeat watch probably two of these for pleasure. And that would be the rock and pain and gain. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I would say that um, with your system that I've tried to set fire to here, <laughs> uh, the rock would probably go favorite as far as like i don't <laughs> there's no sense of guilt when i'm watching this like am i applauding like maiming an individual who did nothing but be an asshole because i'm an asshole and i don't want that to happen to me so i'd probably go rock uh as my my favorite it's the most fun uh and god uh i mean i, I hate to pull you but is there like i don't know if i have a counter argument like other than pain and gain for best and masterpiece yeah i was just actually thinking the same thing i think all of our answers are basically the same if i wanted to be an asshole um to michael bay i would probably say that transformers the last night is his masterpiece it's the most, <laughs> most... that's where we're at <laughs> that is not a compliment so you know this like two and a half month process <laughs> michael bay <laughs> about I mean, it it was basically like watching the last night which shockingly was one that i did not fast forward or skip at all I, i'm still amazed that i just sat there and watched the last night for its full 14 hours that it was that it was on um and i'm sure our listeners love that the last night got, <laughs> got a featured episode yes <laughs> of all the transformers <laughs> films the one that killed it sure had That's to it. happen 
So that is it for Michael Bay. We survived. You, our listeners, survived. All of you who complained that we were going to cover Michael Bay. So we thought that would be like fun uh, during a pandemic to talk about talk about junk food, and maybe it backfired on us. It certainly backfired on Mike. Uh, so, yes, so, I mean, it's almost every month. I don't know if I come out of any of these months unscathed. I go in with optimism. <laughs> And then well, it just spirals out. Speaking of optimism, you have chosen our next. Our, yeah, that was like that one. Still, that was your pinnacle. Just because I'm a, a well-known pervert, though, uh, I think that's why. Yeah, but yes, know. I did choose the next one. I have, and I'm God. I tried to keep it light. Uh, strangely, lighter than Michael Bay. Uh, yeah. with with pain and gain. So yes, do you so want to do the honors? Sure. So we're gonna cover Amy Heckerling. Um, who most people probably know. Probably Fast Times is kind of her most. Well known, like attached with her name, uh, maybe clueless. Hmm, I would have gone clueless, clueless. Probably, I think it's yeah. a generational thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, but there were like, she's a director, and we'll talk about this in upcoming episodes, of course. That there were a bunch of movies on there. I'm like, oh, she did that. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that was. And that's something. There's a big difference, I think, between male and female filmmakers. Is like we do. There is. There is actually. Um, I think. Uh, the host of You Must Remember This was kind of talking about, uh, Karina Longworth was talking about how the auteur theory in general is very sexist because we don't see female filmmakers in the same way as the kind of like the guiding force behind films. And apparently I was guilty of this about Amy Heckerling. So. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. Uh, as... <laughs> I, I know you as the staunch conservative side of this Crossfire show. As... That's why I'm finally in Kentucky. My... <laughs> it's where I'm meant to be. This is... <laughs> but before we go, Mike, do you want to uh, publicize your other "quote unquote" new podcast that you're that oh. you're putting out? Yeah, why not? Um, sure, uh, it's newish, so I I have a long running. And Dave, you were on the last, I guess, official episodes. So that that's fitting that you. I killed that. it. <laughs> uh, War Machine versus War Horse, which uh, when I talk about pairing back, you just have three movies every episode long episodes uh and that was a time when there were new releases that could inspire a double Oof. feature well that's gone I yeah mean, nope I, I know there's gonna be gonna be some people that are like what about palm springs with the the guy from brooklyn 99 i'm like that doesn't really count i know it's new but uh yeah that's not it's not gonna pay the podcasting bills uh at all so we're just gonna split that up uh and we're gonna not have a weird fucking title that makes no sense to anyone. And uh, so the show is called <laughs> Trilogy in Theory. And uh, it kind of keeps the same basic premise of let's let's make our own uh, thematic trilogy, which we very much did on War Machine versus War Horse. But I have a co-host, Webb, that's very passionate about it, which is good because you need at least one person uh, to be passionate about what you're producing. <laughs> I can be the, the voice saying that was stupid. Why Why <laughs> does everything we create just end a despair for me and the few listeners we have? And uh, we just wrapped up our first month. on. Uh, we did our own version of a rabbit trilogy, uh, and so the selected films were Harvey. Okay. So there's some positivity for you, Dave. Okay. Try to ruin that. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure you right. could. I mean, who doesn't seconds. like uh, Jimmy Stewart? I mean, it's it's hard to go wrong. I like that movie. Continue. What was what were the other I two? I was just waiting for you just to to, to make it a uh, you know a circle of hell. Like you know, oh, actually about Harvey, <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Donnie Darko. Okay. 
Another good one. Yes. One I remember fondly, but I haven't seen in years. I'm sure if I'd watch it now, I'd probably would have a different reaction to that it. That episode very much centered around watching it when you're young and okay. then watching it now. And then the last one was Jojo Rabbit. So oh, if you okay. obviously there's a, a secondary theme to all of those uh, with the, uh, the the rabbit imagery. And so for our fourth episode and final one of each month, we do sort of a wrap up uh, about our our chosen theme. Uh, so. If you like uh, this show, looking at filmmakers and think, boy, I wish they'd stop talking about this one guy or gal, uh, that's what we do over at Trilogy in Theory, <laughs> because those are not actually a trilogy at all. Those are different uh, decades, different filmmakers, but uh, it is to us, because uh, we watch what we want. I like Harvey. it. I like it. Then Donnie Darko, and then uh, Nazis. Yeah, yeah. We, we, have to, we have to do that. I was trying to think of like other rabbit movies I could think of, and the only thing that was coming to mind was Watership Down, but that's a cartoon, so I'm sure you would be like, no, we're not doing and, that. Uh, it also gets enough play in Donnie Darko. Ah, uh, that's watch true. It, but, yeah. So there we go. See, Dave, that, that's, leave it to the experts. Here. Oh, we got yes. this. Uh, Trilogy and Theory, Yeah, that's where you can follow You've got this for the media. next three months before Webb gives up editing. Like it needs to like needs to like score it or whatever he does. <laughs> Man is a fan of having original music for a podcast, and uh, as long as he's got some poor bastard creating that original score Good for, for him. each episode, uh, for me, just whatever free music I can, I can find yeah, on YouTube, exactly. that's good enough for me. All right. Um, so of course you can follow our podcast um, at Directed by Pod on Twitter, and we will talk to you when we come back with our next director, Amy Heckerling. Is it just me in a white dress doing figures?